0: Welcome art lovers to the SCHS visual art podcast where we are equipping creative minds to be artists of many styles and disciplines. We feature guest artist talks and other fun things to guide inspire and inform the work you make or want to make. I'm Tucker Webb but a lot of you listening probably know me as Mr. Webb. Let's check it out. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the SCHS Visual Art Podcast. Today our guest is Kate Davis. Kate is the very first songwriter and musician that we've had join us, and I thought her input and perspective on the Venn diagram of music and visual art was so insightful. She now lives in Brooklyn, but has an interesting story growing up in Oregon and becoming classically trained in jazz and bass before taking the leap into writing songs of her own. Her songs now feature genuine and heartfelt lyrics and catchy yet complex melodies. Stick around until after our talk with Kate and you'll be able to hear one of her songs. You can find Kate's music anywhere music is found. And if you'd like to learn more, you can find her on Instagram at Kate Davis Music. That's at K-A-T-E-D-A-V-I-S-M-U-S-I-C or online at katedavismusic.com. This was recorded live with one of our advanced art classes. Now, let's get to our chat with Kate Davis.
1: Well, where where are you? Are you in New York?
2: Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn, New York.
1: Well, welcome to Tennessee.
2: Oh, that's awesome, we're in Tennessee.
1: Uh, we're just outside of Nashville, like just okay. the southeast of Nashville, so. Cool. Yeah, so we're you're here with a, uh, it's a group of kind of advanced art students, and um, it is, it's kind of weird because of testing and all that stuff in graduation. A lot of these guys are seniors, and this is like their last three days of school. And so-
3: Whoa, okay.
1: So you might see some of them like finishing some things up while we're talking, but they are uh, engaged and focused and multitasking. Yeah, no problem. Yeah.
2: That's exciting. The last three days of school.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, because they they have like a kind of a crazy week next week where they don't really have classes and then they're graduating in a couple of weeks, most of them. We have have a couple of non-seniors in here, but anyway. Well, Kate, welcome. Thanks for being here.
2: Thanks for having me. I've never done anything like this, so this is fun.
1: I was going to ask you because we've we've done it a few times this year, but you are our first uh, music person, and so how does that feel? Is that good? Does
2: it that feels. Feel like- I mean, I'm really pleased that I'm a music person in like coming to everybody in the context of an art class.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: you know, I-, I feel I feel like I've done a couple of things with like visual art um, leaning people strangely enough for the first time ever and I like how the two worlds are kind of coming together because you know music is so visual these days you know
1: yeah so well, I want to hear about those those things that you've been doing with uh kind of merging the visual arts I think that'll yeah. be about. do you want to start by just kind of uh telling us who you are and what sure been-
2: sure I'll introduce myself um my name is Kate Davis and I'm a musician based in New York um I, let me see, I kind of came up um, studying more boring types of music, uh, like jazz and classical music as a kid. And um, not that it was boring, but like, you know, really learning music from a pretty technical perspective. Um, Then I moved to New York City to go to college and um, had tried just about every different type of you know, playing style, you know, uh, genre of music. I've really, I've really tried to see all of the different possibilities. And I've kind of landed in a place right now, which is particular um, and more geared towards like songwriting and yeah, like making rock music and stuff. And um I put out an album in twenty nineteen the end of the year right before everything shut down. Mm-hmm. So that album didn't get a whole lot of tour time or airtime. Um, but I'm working on another one, and I feel very pleased with that. And I'm um, excited for that to be done and to be able to share that. So, that's amazing, yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell right now.
1: I love that. well, I want to dive into some some things about those aspects. but um the reason, you know, that I had you, that I asked you to come talk to us is like, it's kind of unusual. We were just talking about this before we got on the call that it's kind of unusual to have a musician in an art class, but I thought there'd yeah. be a lot of overlap with creativity and the way that you approach songwriting might be very similar to the way that like these guys approach artworks, visual artworks. Sure. And so I don't know, I thought it'd be kind of fun. Um, I I want to kind of steer clear of like, the typical musician interview questions, as much as those are interesting and I love music myself, like Mm -hmm. I want to ask or you know, talk about things that like could relate to both, if that makes sense. Totally. So um I guess my first question is how do you approach like when you're when you're starting to write a song, songwriting, like how does that like creativity work to like do you do certain things to get yourself inspired or do you just kind of sit down and go for it or do you have a, a plan? I don't know. Does that make, is that specific? Yeah. no, about- that's, a, that's
2: a great question. Um, I find that it's always different. Um, I think it's the most important thing above any type of like inspiration wave or, you know, having the time to do anything is just making a consistent practice of it. Um, because as I'm sure a lot of, uh, all of us can relate to like like inspiration and creativity aren't just like abundant and always accessible um and so the struggle for me is mostly just trying to put the work in put the time in and hope and hope that like by just going through the motions of it that I'm just kind of priming myself to be more productive and be more efficient with the ideas when they do come um, but you know, I I like to do a lot of like free writing and just like try to think about ideas that are on my mind. Um, You know, sometimes if I've watched a movie or a TV show or recently gone to an art museum or something, there's usually some kind of thing conceptually or just like, you know, like daily life, like going through real human things. There's usually something kind of like on my mind or I have like a constant list of like topics or things that I'm I'm thinking about and I'm hoping to sort of like turn into something that's shareable and more like conceptual as far as like an artistic idea. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have like a bank of things, and then and then I sit down and I try to um, flesh things out, and I do a lot of like um, kind of like inspiration sourcing and love like pinterest and even though it, that's visual like there are a lot of um styles and aesthetics that i'm trying to work through and see how they can kind of converge with music and you know so yeah that's it's that's kind of my approach generally
1: i think that's amazing and it sounds very similar to like the way that uh, we generally approach visual art too so it's like yeah. Um, do you, do you find yourself like when you're writing music, are you uh, listening to a lot of music uh, from other people or do you like, yeah. do you, are you particular about like not letting out outside influences in, or I don't know. Does that make sense?
2: That's a great question. Um, I listen to music so constantly um, just for my own, like emotional and mental state that it's just kind of a regular part of my process. But Um, a more specific note on that is like when I'm recording and when I'm working specifically with, you know, taking, taking pieces and recording them and and hearing them in more of like a soundscape, um, way, I I try not to listen to music just because it can be really easy to compare, um, the sound of your work when you're in the middle of it. And so that's the one thing I try to avoid doing. If I'm like writing songs, it's so much more bare bones and, um, Mm -hmm just kind of beginning stages that it's not, you don't kind of compare so much like sonically, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, you know, when you have a more fleshed out recording or if you have a more finished piece, it's, I think it's easier to compare. And I think that's the the um, the portion of the process that I try not to get too caught up in what other people are doing or what other things sound like, because that that's where you can kind of get in your own head.
3: And yeah
2: um, hard on yourself, but yeah, I think like a regular stream of inspiration, whether it's music or anything, I think it's crucial to kind of just keeping things flowing.
1: Absolutely. Um, so what about, I know that you probably get asked this question a lot too, but what about, uh, writer's block? Like if you, if you, sit, you know, you said you're constantly kind of writing things, um, and just keeping that workflow going, but what happens if you write, sit down and you can't think of anything or you can't, uh, just because I know that's something like as visual artists, that's something that we run into as well. Like you, sit down, you know, you want to make things a lot, but then you sit down to do it and nothing comes to you or whatever. So like, do you have any way to combat that?
2: Yeah. Um, I think that my approach to working on things, especially within the past year, has been to come to it from an extremely emotional place, um, and to almost be like a little bit confessional in in the way that I'm approaching songwriting now more more so than I used to be. And it it may be a good or a bad thing. I'm not sure yet, but um, I'm trying to take. The ideas and like the sources of inspiration and 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 kind of run with them as if it's like diary entries if that makes sense like for me inspiration is so much about like the relationships that i have and like the different dynamics that i interact with in my life and it's so um human and like the experience of being human that it it does end up being a little more like every idea or everything I sit down to do is like me trying to sort out some kind of existential crisis. Yeah. So there's no shortage of um, those ideas right now, but you know, I have a harder time when I'm trying to do something that's a little less like emotionally oriented. Like if I have like a more specific task, if someone's like, Hey, I need you to write me a song that does this, this, and this, or is like about my um, friend or about, you know, a particular feeling that I might not, uh, have access to as easily. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very selfish way of working. I think to just be like diary, diary, like my life, my problems, my emotions, but it does, it does uh, kind of permit you to be working constantly because you're allowing yourself to really just like work with your ideas in your current state. So yeah, that's how I try to combat it.
1: It it might be selfish, but I think it's also like kind of the nature of uh, creative people and artistic people like we do this for a reason. And I think that probably speaks to a lot of these guys, because I know they, you know, being a teenager is an emotional time, no matter what your life is. And uh, so I think that I don't know, that's just part of it. And if you only did work that other people wanted you to do, it probably wouldn't um, you probably wouldn't want to continue doing it. I would assume. So yeah, that's actually one of the questions that I had written down is uh, like doing work for yourself versus doing work for other people. And it sounds like you do more of work for yourself, writing songs for yourself, rather than like having the audience in mind or something.
2: Right. Well, and it's weird too, because like when you grow up learning music in a very technical way, you're never encouraged to be creative or do anything that kind of reflects your emotions. You're only encouraged to kind of gain technical control or or um, spend your time trying to recreate things that other people have done. It would be like,
3: yeah.
2: you know, it's like somebody being like, oh, well, you can't, you're not going to be great until you can, you know, literally sing exactly like this verbatim or write this type of song or do this type of thing. Um, and like, that's cool as far as building specific um, like a skill set but it's not really like a creative thing and I I have a lot of peers that have gotten into trouble because their whole lives and careers they've they've just kind of gone through they've gone down like the institutionalized art thing and they don't like have a sense of what they want to say or who they are like any conceptual ideas behind their art and they're just like kind of stuck because they don't they never were able to work on that relationship between like the way you express and what you're expressing, you know? And I, and oftentimes like when I'm talking to my visual artist friends, that's the core of what they do. And I was always a little jealous kind of growing up that that was never something that my teachers would talk to me about. Like, you know, like what do you have to say? Or like, what, what is your perspective or point of view? What's like your artistic thesis or your mission statement or whatever. We never had that. So
1: That's awesome. Well, yeah, yeah, it seems like because we have talked to a lot of um, visual artists, it seems like the theme kind of running, running through all of these chats that we're having is like, is kind of what you're saying, like, you know, that maybe they were taught that, like, you need to have the skill, you need to have the technique. And although those things are important, like, a lot of the people that we've talked to have said kind of like, it's more important to like, find out who you are, so that you can put it in there rather than like, I don't know knowing the skill but um that's i want to i want to talk about that so like when did you start playing music uh and i, I kind of wanted to go into like your journey through that real quick if that's okay yeah
2: totally um i started pretty young when i was like five or six just mostly because oh, wow. my mom my mom was a piano teacher and so like you know, I was like in the womb when she was doing most of her teaching and it was just kind of a natural thing for her to do when I was old enough to kind of, uh, use, use the things that she was teaching other kids and kind of teach to me. And also I think my parents, um, who both were interested in music in kind of a hobbyist way, just really wanted me to have all of the exposure to it and kind of do with it. What I, what I cared to. And, um, so i was always playing music and sometimes uh i didn't want to but it ended up being a real a real gift so i've i've been doing it for a really long time but i think the the thing that i'm reflecting on now um you know as i as i've after having done it for i don't know like 25 years now the thing i wish i had learned earlier about Becoming an artist was that like the most important thing is what you have to say. It's not, you know, your technical ability because that will only get you so far. And so I feel like I'm a late bloomer in a a sense because I only just started having ideas, which feels really weird to say. But it yeah, it's it's almost like I feel like I was taught a lie or something that like art was meant to just be like um, exploitative and not emotional.
1: I love that and I think that's what you just said just sums up like why I think this is important like you you talking to them or you know just getting multiple perspectives because a lot of them maybe wouldn't have had that like maybe you didn't have that until you were a little older and so you know hearing that now hopefully it sticks and you know that'll kind of be a thing but do you your your main instrument like were you kind of moving around like in your early musical days, were you like learning how to play this and play this? Like, did you have an instrument that you focused on more than the others?
2: I, when I was like a young kid, I played primarily piano. um, And that was technically my first instrument. But then when I was like seven or eight, my mom really wanted me to play violin because I think she had always wanted to play it growing up, but it the story goes, it conflicted with her book club in like the second <laughs> grade. And so she never did it. And so I started doing that. Um And, you know, enjoying it because I think it came easily to me. But again, like there was always kind of this weird disciplined tra- train training kind of aspect to it. And like, I went through the motions and did it because I, I enjoyed it. But um it was always a struggle because it was like, oh, I'd like to play the violin in a way mm-hmm. that's more expressive and not just so technically proficient and I I competed a lot as a as a kid and I would never win because I was too emotional
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know um, and then when I was you in mean, high school You mean you would like
1: vary from the sheet music or something like you um, would kind of it's add not, input, I right?
2: mean it was more like emotional interpretation yeah and I mean yeah. you think of the best musicians and or at least for me the best musicians are the ones who take the emotional liberties and have the most interesting perspective on something. But, um, you know, as a kid in a super competitive classical music environment, that was not, was, that was not my, you know, pe- people were not into that. Um, mm-hmm. So then I started playing bass and got into jazz music because like that music inherently is much more flexible and free. So I think I was I was drawn to that, even though it is still, regarded as kind of like an academic music and you know i could talk for days about all of the ways that um jazz being institutionalized is wrong and weird um but Mm -hmm. it it definitely was like a way for me to become a little more connected with being expressive and um that got to a point too where it was just like you know no one's ever going to be able to sing better or make a better album than you know, I don't know, Frank Sinatra or something, you know, like it's all been done before. And like, if you're doing it like that, it's really just you taking old ideas and doing a, um, be right version of it, you know, why not do something completely unique and, and something that is more you, you know, you explore more, more sides of you and not just like your ability to be, um, um, a copyist. Yeah. Just so much of what institutionalized music is all about. So, Um, I think
1: it's also what institutionalized art is about too, because I I love art history, but like, I don't think that you have to be like anybody from art history to be a great artist, you know? And it's, it's so, it sounds very similar. It's like you learn the old old masters and you kind of like people do master studies and all this stuff, but like, nobody wants to see that again now. Like you, you want something fresh and and new and different or else why not just go through the old art textbooks, I guess. that's what you want to see
2: but right Well, there are plenty of people who like to see reproductions of things you know like there's Mm -hmm. there are a lot of like in new york city specifically this is a place where jazz at one point was thriving and like you know as a cultural mecca new york city has you know the the opera the met you know the new york city ballet like it we take all these old art forms and this is the one place where they still thrive. But, you know, like I have a lot of friends who do all that stuff and are opera singers and ballet dancers. And like, at a certain point, they all hit a wall because it's like, what, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. What else is there to do? You know, a lot of them get really um, confused in the middle of their careers and they're like, but I want to make stuff or I want to choreograph or do things that I'm not really like in a position to be, like no one will listen to me because I'm just like a trained, whatever, you know? Yeah. I don't have the authority to make things or so. Yeah. I guess I, I kind of went off on a tangent for a second, but.
1: No, that's good. Yeah. I like, I like tangents. Yeah. Um, yeah. so you, did you, you went to school for music as well? Like, uh, yeah. Secondary yeah. school.
2: I did college. a, like a undergrad degree at Manhattan school of music um which is what kind of brought me out to new york city in the first place and it was it was okay like it was it was fine but i think my biggest takeaway was like oh that's what i don't want to do you know
3: mm-hmm. and um, you were still
1: playing bass at that point yeah like, like i went mainly, i went to school
2: for bass yeah
1: and you're which, talking about like upright, bass. Like upright bass okay because I, I you know i grew up with like and kind of in like the rock music world and so i always think yeah. of like an electric bass but Um, upright bass, like a lot of jazz mainly that you were.
2: Yeah. I mean, I was, I was there to study jazz bass, which was extraordinarily Mm -hmm. limiting and, you know, singing for me was something I really enjoyed doing and I wasn't really allowed to do that in school. Um, and so I just had to like play a lot of like modern jazz with a bunch of like really dorky people. Um, who their whole world was just about like trying to sound like one particular jazz musician who, you know, died in the 60s. Mm-hmm.
3: So
2: um, yeah, I was it was really eye-opening because it was like, wow, this is like my my goals and aspirations don't really line up with my peers. And that's I think that's something worth investigating. And so I started writing music pretty much as soon as I got to college because I was searching for some kind of outlet or just some way to feel creative because you know, we would, we would listen to like old recordings and have to literally like transcribe them and figure out exactly what was happening and like, do like play them verbatim in order to like pass a class. Yeah. You know? And like, it was like, that's not, this is not what I want to be doing. So yeah, it was weird.
1: So do you think that there are like, um, positive aspects like that? Like, do you look back and think like, I'm glad I went, To school for it for this reason or this reason like are there are there positives
2: yeah the positives for me were like wow I hate this so much I'm gonna do something different and like I thought about this a lot you know um like I went I went to a school right across the street from Columbia and Barnard and so I interacted with a lot of people who were getting you know very educational and academic degrees and like um English degrees and liberal arts degrees really and I was jealous because I was like I want to take a photography class I want to understand on a basic level like things I enjoy like you know I I don't know like I was also as a young songwriter I was kind of mad that like I had not paid more attention in English class or that like my ability with words was so kind of like underdeveloped because it wasn't important to me until then um but like I think realizing all these things just like helped set me um set me up to to learn what I needed to learn and kind of create my own path and find kind of like a more niche way of expressing myself which hopefully I'll just continue to grow into but like I have no regrets in that I learned a lot of valuable lessons and a lot of it was hard but I met some really important people who are still very close friends and people who completely shape my life. And I think that's, that's the college. That's like the best college outcome you can ask for is like to find people. Yeah. Who you can grow with. Um,
1: so if you could go so, back and, and do it again, you would still go to college for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, my, my parents were really specific and strict with me about college. Cause they said, look, if you want to study jazz music, Um, you know, you can study jazz music anywhere because, you know, with that music and especially where I grew up in Portland, Oregon, there was an incredible group of musicians who were kind of mentors to younger musicians. And so I had a way easier time learning because I would be playing regular gigs and like older musicians would hire me and they'd be like, hey, check out all these CDs and like transcribes learn stuff. And so my education was like very um rooted in kind of like being an apprentice and learning by doing the work in real time and I could have kept doing that and and honestly maybe even gotten better doing that um than where I had ended up in college but when I got to college I realized I just didn't want to do it um but my parents were like we're not going to spend I don't know like at that point it was probably like 50 or 60,000 a year to go to music school Mm -hmm. they were like, we're not doing that. You can get education anywhere. So if you're going to go to any of these schools, you're going to need to get a scholarship. And so, um, I was lucky enough to do that. And I, I just feel really grateful that I was able to go to school and, um, experience what I experienced and not be in student debt. And, you know, the thing that's plaguing so many young adults right now. Yeah um i think
1: that speaks a lot to probably a lot of the things weighing on their minds right now because yeah. you know uh college is college is something that we talk about uh a lot just because you know and that's why i ask you about like do you regret it did you learn something from that because that sounds a lot like art school it's like
3: mm-hmm. do you
1: need to go to an art art school to be an artist no but yeah. are there positive things about it maybe depending on the person so i think it's like yeah. I don't know, it's a good thing to talk about and think about and discuss, but I think what you said definitely speaks to kind of where they're at right now because again, graduation's coming up and um and college or not college is on a lot of their minds. But do you care if we oh sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, I was gonna just say like nobody knows what they want to do when they're 18 or 19. And that's the thing I hate about college is that like it kind of forces you to make a choice. Um and so like if I were to do it again, I probably would not like spend money to go to college because I just like, would want to, I don't know. I feel like if like humans are very adaptable and like, if you have your mindset on something and you need to do something and you have um, limited means or you have what you have, you can be creative and figure out how to get where you need to get and what you need just by things that already exist. You know, like I, I can't believe how much information is out there on the internet. I can't believe how much information is available. Um, just like going to a museum or like, or in mu- for music, like all I have to do is like sit and study music to understand yeah. music, to learn music and to understand like more about what I want to do. I did not need to go live in a dorm for four years the only positive was meeting people, you know. Yeah. But if you if you have an, a way to do that and like have um, different people come into your life or like find different, com- it's, it's about community. I think like as yeah. an artist, you have to find your community, and that's the benefit of college. Everything else is kind of like why why go to college? Yeah. Especially if you can continue to teach yourself. If you have teachers, mentors, communities.
1: I think that's important. I think, you know, one thing I always stress is like, whether you go to college or not, like having that, uh, desire to like teach yourself things that you want to know is important Mm -hmm. because you're not always going to have somebody teach you those things. And so sometimes you have to, and there's so much information, like you said. So Kate, do you mind if we switch gears a little bit? I wanted to talk about something that's kind of unrelated to what we've been talking about, but, um, so, um, music videos,
3: Mm-hmm. and
1: album art
3: yeah because
1: those those seem kind of uh like a
3: pertinent know, yeah the,
1: the Venn diagram between uh visual art and music that's like it's right there in the middle but yeah. um whichever one of those or if you want to talk about both um yeah how much creativity do you have as like the artist in a music video and like how does that process go is it does it feel creative or does it feel like
2: it's the most creative? Um,
3: yeah.
2: I, I have fought for my independence and have gone to great lengths to be able to protect my, um, my sense of self. And so creatively, I am always at the helm of anything I am doing. Um, That's I, amazing. I learned early on that, like the second you <laughs> sign contracts or people give you money, you have no control.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: that was something I I could not I couldn't deal with and it, it drove me mad. And so um yeah, I've 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 prioritized keeping my creative freedom. And so making music videos and doing album artwork and all that stuff has been one of the most exciting things for me just because like, you know, I'm not I'm not as my strengths are not as visual. Um but it's something that I have to kind of work towards and <laughs> learn about and i have a lot of amazing friends who who have kind of led me down the right paths and who i've been able to collaborate with but um i think there's so much you can learn about yourself when you kind of shift the focus or shift the perspective artistically you know like we all have different parts of our creative souls and you know for me music is the thing that comes easily but i do have a very specific vision and very specific aesthetic and I've been kind of like learning to work through that and and find a way to use it to support the music I make. And the music is ultimately the most important, but the visual is how it gets translated. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I made a, a few music videos for my record trophy that I was really proud of. Um, one specifically for the song trophy, I got to work with one of my oldest friends who's just a remarkable visual artist and cinematographer and like he just he just made the whole thing um so wonderful, you know, and like we worked together and it was a true collaboration and it's something I'm super proud of but wouldn't have had the skill set to do alone or like you know, I wouldn't That's say true. I'm a film director or I I can't, you know, I I can doodle, but I'm not, you know, gonna be like, hey, I'm gonna take on all of the visual art art burdens of my project. So,
1: but when you watch the video, it has like the personality of the song, or like yeah. has the yeah. the voice of the song, the yeah. same way. Because I think it's, you know, if you didn't have that creative like freedom um as the artist, like it would be hard because you might see the music video and it might be beautiful, but it might not up uh yeah be in the same language I guess is like the the song right. itself so that's that's awesome and the album artwork is kind of the same way like you you yeah. give have direction and maybe you kind of delegate to other people who have those skill sets but then you
3: yeah
1: it's your totally. vision sort of
2: right and you know you communicate with people and you talk about it and you figure out what um what is shared and what isn't and like you know I I made a record of um a cover of a Daniel Johnston record album um and it i don't know if you're familiar with Daniel Johnston but he was um not just a musician but a visual artist and mm-hmm. he kind of did like the more like outsider art line drawing stuff and it it honestly i think it's going to go down in history as being just as important as his music but um in doing this cover i i really wanted to have kind of a an homage to the original album artwork. And it has this very specific style. And my youngest sister actually is just, she draws for fun and she has her own little creative outlet that she doesn't take very seriously, but I think she's extremely gifted. And so I went to her and I was like, let's do this. I need an album cover. And she, she just like made this incredible, her her own version of the Daniel Johnson cover. And it was like working with, it was like, um, telepathy yeah maybe it's because we're siblings but you know she just was able to do exactly what I had hoped um
1: what is that one called
2: um that's called strange boy strange and that boy. I think only just came out in January yeah
1: I've listened to it I didn't realize that it was uh, a cover but that's awesome yeah 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 I'm it's not a, familiar with Daniel Johnson either but I'll I'll make myself
2: you should something. you should especially just for for his for his artwork um yeah. the the album is an exact replica of his album in that like it has all the same songs in the same order but just completely reimagined and so that was important to do with the artwork as well yeah since it is kind of like a big homage piece you know yeah yeah
1: um kate i want to open it usually i I do this earlier but i've been like stealing all the time and questions but uh, a lot of times we can be kind of quiet in front of strangers but uh do you guys have any questions anybody we have a question, I think we're answering all their questions. That's what yeah. it is um well, can I ask you a few more questions sure yeah. while yeah. we're while we're here um so you you talked about working on a new album um mm-hmm. uh, or a new project of some sort um and then even with like the the cover album that you just talked about um from your first album to the stuff that you're working on now, do you ever think too much about like um this is kind of going to be a convoluted question. I'm sorry, Go but, for it. um, like, do you think about change very much? Like, because I know like as artists, we think of like, you know, when you make pieces of art, you don't want everything to look different from one another, but you also don't want everything to be the same. So like when you're making your new album, you don't want it to be a replica or like just the exact same as your, as trophy, but, yeah. Like do you think much about that or is it just like what comes all out?
2: All the time. Oh. I, I okay. think about it all the time, mostly because like I find myself changing all the time. Like, yeah, um just like because I'm constantly searching for different sources of infor- in information and inspiration. I, I feel like I'm always slightly changing and with the way that it's kind of coming out in my writing, it's, um, I feel like I'm I've honed in on a more particular voice um like point of view not like I mean and also the yeah. way I'm singing too like I I feel like I'm changing a lot but it's it's being I'm like morphing in a way that's shedding old things that are not serving me any longer and just trying to get even more narrow in my focus because while the change is maybe the most important, it's actually giving way to um, extreme clarity, you know? So I think that changing is actually really great and important. And as artists, I think we're, we're somehow discouraged from doing that because people want consistency. And I think with like genre or like capitalism and the way that art has become commercialized, people want you to fit inside a mold or like make work that exists within a box and that's boring (laughs) you know um the the less you change the more boring your work is going to be and like some people might be like oh well if you're changing so much like i think we see that a lot with like artists like coming out with a new album or having a new perspective or, or point of view with their art and they change a lot and then everyone's like i hate it you know or well, it's mm-hmm. not the same. It's not what I liked before. Um, you know, I think I think there's an artist like St. Vincent, or is anybody a St. Vincent fan? Yeah, like St. Vincent's somebody who like always changes. And I don't mm-hmm. I can't claim to love everything, but sure. i I love the fact that there is no nothing limiting Annie Clark, you know, yeah. Um, do I love this iteration? No. <laughs> Not at all, but that doesn't mean that the next one's not gonna be something that kind of is more aligned with my aesthetic or, you know, um, like obviously the, the ultimate greats in that way that the total shapeshifters are like Bowie and, and you know, Prince and like, there were so many people who who came before who were constantly doing different things, but at the same time honing in and creating a much more distinct and unique, artist identity you know
1: well and you used the word voice a minute ago and I, I knew exactly yeah. what you meant because I talk about like voice as in like almost style but it's different yeah. um but I the use that a, of a lot yeah and I, but I think like Bowie's a great example because you can he, no matter what he made it, it always sounded like Bowie in a way right. or when you were talking about St Vincent I even thought about like Beck which yeah. like you know Beck's you always right, know yeah. it's Beck even though it's might sound different or something oh. like that so I think that's, that's a great perspective
2: on that.
3: Yeah. I Um, I think,
2: I think people are afraid of change because it's not um, like totally accepted in our society as artists, but I think that it's imperative to growth,
3: you know? mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. It's kind of this weird thing. It's like uh, as an artist, visual or musical, it's like, if people like what you do, they want you to do more of that. But then if you don't change, it becomes boring and stagnant and so it's like you're kind of caught between like making something that's palatable and then making something that's new and interesting which is kind of a hard balance i think but
2: well like i think there's something that we don't talk enough about as artists and like you make art not because or like at least i don't and i don't think artists who make who compulsively make things are doing so for anyone else but themselves but like i think like the ultimate Place to get to as an artist is when you're just making stuff that you're like loving,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: you know? Like when you're like, this is like, I would listen to this, I would buy this piece of art. I would love to have this in my home. I would love to, you know, um, be friends with the person who made this, you know? Mm -hmm. Like the closest you can get to something that you love means that like you're just getting so much closer to your aesthetic and the thing that makes you unique. Cause like, why would we, why would we just make things for people just to, I don't know. I don't know. Like make them for people to enjoy, but you're really making it for yourself. It, I feel like all of these things I'm saying sound so selfish, but like,
1: no I don't think we
2: talk yeah. about it enough, you know, it's like all um,
1: about being an artist. Yeah. And, and yeah, uh,
2: not like a, not like a artist in t- today's world where like, you know, you make, you make a, a, a print that. You know, somebody wants to license, and then it gets sold to like TJ Maxx, and then everybody has like your giraffe on their wall. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like which no, might be a, which might not, be a great
1: path for some people, but yeah, but uh, right. I think. But that's being more of
2: like a technician or like a I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's, there's. It's almost different... like
1: craft, craft instead of art. I don't know. You hear a exactly. lot about exactly, exactly between those, but, um, well and along those same lines like you change as a person like you're not going to be the same yeah. person in five years and so your your music or your art or whatever it is is also going to change naturally yeah because of that but um there's an artist that we talked we actually talked to like a couple months back in here andy miller and he he says like make make the t-shirt that you want to wear and i yeah. think that kind of is like the same
2: same thing. same thing if
1: there's an album out there that or if 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 you can't find the album you want to listen to, then make, make. it. Or if you yeah. want to make, if there's a painting that you would love to have on your wall, but it doesn't exist, then make it. So. Totally. Well, can I ask you some just quick fire, rapid fire questions uh, yeah, before sure. we go?
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm sorry to take up so much of your time, but I appreciate no, it. No, no, this is super and fun. Is. Well, good. Um, okay. Do you have a definition of art? This is kind of putting you on the spot.
2: Um there's no right answer. I just think art is anything that makes you see something differently or forces like an internal reflection that you otherwise might not have arrived at.
1: That was concise. Yeah. Yeah. Great job. I love that. Um, What is the most fulfilling aspect of what you do?
2: Uh, I think like getting to a place where you can kind of just pull things out of Thin air, and you enter this almost meditative state, and then you you do something, and you don't even remember doing it, and you're like, "How did I do this? What happened?" And you're like, "I did it." <laughs> um, magic. magic. Yeah, it's literally magic. Like it's it's um, it's like chasing a high. It's like it's fi- trying to find that moment where you're almost just like a conduit for something else. Um, yeah, yeah and then just being very pleased with it. I think that that's that's the thing that drives us is like this the fact that it's almost like a a thing you cannot describe or put your finger on or or you know it's a little it's a little like otherworldly in a way so
1: for sure yeah um influences or inspirations that might surprise people are there things like that you get gain inspiration from that aren't like other musical artists, or
3: yeah, or are
1: there artists that maybe are way different than you that you also
3: yeah like I'm
2: trying to think? Um, I've been getting super into um, Soviet post punk.
1: Okay, Just do like, we? I I can't think of what that would be. Are there like any? Uh, There's
2: nothing like mainstream not right now, but like stuff like post punk that 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 came out like. From from the '80s on, just as like a very niche like genre. Um, um, I'm trying to think like there's just like a lot of. Oh, I'm like super into astrology. Like, I don't know if anybody is into astrology, yes. but like, yes. to me I mean, that not then, exactly.
1: But I, I hear them talk about
3: it sometimes.
2: Yeah, but, but like, and okay. not just like sun sign astrology, but like I. I've gotten to like talk to a few different people and work with a couple astrologists and like start to really like learn and use it as almost like, um, a hobby, but, but something that is giving me a completely different perspective about the human experience in that it's like maybe one of the most beautiful and perhaps earliest methods of storytelling. You know, you have like a map of the stars and then you use it to, to tell a story or fill in the, the gaps of somebody's life. Um, and how that you, you you're you not necessarily looking at it as like you're like it's causal like you're you're being affected by things on a daily basis but you're like it just forces you to be a little more introspective and think about like the complexities of the human experience which is like art so I'm very drawn to that and I've 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 sourced so much inspiration from astrology and also like the accompanying mythology and um just you know incredible human history that goes with all of this because that like, you know, mythology is like the way people told stories and they're the same stories are told today. They just don't have the same character names, you know, it's all the same stories. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Okay. Last question. I think, um, if you could go back to your like 16 or 17 year old self, what would you tell yourself to help you on your like creative and artistic
2: journey? It's, it's so funny. Cause I just thought about this. Cause I had like a flashback to being 15. Um, when I, when I was 15, I had like a few months where I really kind of didn't care what anybody thought of me and I wore what I want I wanted to wear. I, you know, did things that made me feel cool and independent. And I had a moment where I was like, this is a cool life, you know? And I wish I could go back to that tiny little moment in time where like, I was exactly myself and be like, that's it. You know, like keep doing that. Um, Because life gets, you know, weird and tricky and you lose sight of exactly who you are. You know, like I think when you're a kid or you have glimpses in your life where you're like, that's who I am Mm -hmm. and just trust yourself and know that that is absolutely true and that everybody is so Mm -hmm. cool and has so much to offer and you just have to believe in yourself and lean into the things that make you different you know especially as artists being an artist only means that you just have like a unique and kind of beautiful perspective on on the world so just like trust yourself listen to yourself and like really be who you are because that person is really cool
1: that's amazing nobody wants another version of somebody else no we all just we want Uh, New people, yeah, exactly who you are. Yeah, I love that. Um, Well, Kate, we can't thank you enough for being here and talking with us. Um, Other than your albums, couple two, uh, your album and then your the cover album that you mentioned, and Mm -hmm. uh, Instagram and website, is there anything else that these guys should check out? I don't know. I just made a TikTok. You just made a TikTok.
3: Yeah,
2: and I'm having so much fun.
1: Well good. So TikTok, Instagram. Um, all the yeah,
2: things. I think I I think my my TikTok name is like um needy Gaze. Needy gaze. Like needy uh, G-A-Z-E. Yeah. because I'm trying to make I'm trying to make fun of shoegaze and make a new genre of like sad alternative music. Yeah. You know, um so Love yeah if it. anybody's on TikTok and uh <laughs> I don't know how TikTok there, I just I think they're all
1: on it. TikTok. Anytime they mention TikTok, I say, what is TikTok? Oh my God, I'm just, I love TikTok. Just um, uh, cool. Well, thank you, Kate.
3: Thank I you so much. You
1: it was very fun to talk to you. And
2: yeah, I had a lot of fun. And congrats to everyone who's who's almost done. That's so exciting.
1: Yes, I heard. Life
2: funny. is a wild That's ride. Fun. Yeah. Get it.
1: All right. Hey, have a great year. Good luck on uh, finishing the album and all of that.
2: Thank you uh, so much. Stuff.
1: Whatever happens this year, hopefully, life returns to normal sometime soon. Yeah, yeah,
2: awesome. All thank right,
1: you
3: so much. Bye.
0: Take care. Bye. Bye. Wow, Kate Davis, thank you so much to Kate for taking the time to talk to us. I think she was a perfect liaison between the music and visual art world. Talking with her reminded me just how similar they really are. Check out Kate's music wherever music is found. Her 2019 album Trophy is amazing. She also put out a cover album this year of Daniel Johnston songs entitled Strange Boy. As always, thank you for listening. If you have any questions or have artist suggestions for this podcast, you can email at schsvisualart@gmail.com at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at schsvisualart. Today, we're going to end by hearing one of Kate's amazing songs. This one is called Rabbits, spelled R-B-B-T-S, from her album Trophy. Until next time, keep creating.
3: and lasts forever, you can't ever hold on to time.